Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All righty, I want to welcome to the program Mark Garrison, as I call him. That's the French interpretation. It's Mark Garrison. He's from the WBT News Center. Are you the, are you officially news director? That's what they say. All right, yeah. congrats. I wasn't sure, like, manager, because different media companies yeah, call exactly. these positions different things. So, All right, news director over here in the uh, WBT News Center. And so you also catch his program, Charlotte at 6. And uh, so you, this is sort of a dry run, if you will. This is like a yeah, there you go, like a dress rehearsal That's for right. you. That's right. I'm practicing here with Pete. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right. So you monitored, you watched the uh, or listened to, I guess, because they don't provide a video feed, right? right? That's right. Yeah. Come on, General Assembly. So they don't provide a video feed, but they have an audio feed from the uh, from the press conference room at the North Carolina General Assembly, where uh, Republican lawmakers uh, came today at 12 noon to file a bill and announce its filing. And they had with them several uh, uh, notaries, some uh, luminaries, of, yeah. if you will, of, of female sports, right, who are in support of a bill that is now being run that would limit girls' sports to only girls. Girls. Yeah. Who are biologically girls. That's right. It's called the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. And, in fact, it uh, cleared the Judiciary Committee this morning. They easily approved it. Uh, I, th- I think this will easily win approval. The governor will veto it, and then it will probably be overridden. But the premise of the bill is uh, you may uh, be a boy who's changing into a girl, but you can't play on girls' teams because it's still not fair because you're bigger, stronger, faster. You're still a boy. And particularly yeah. boys that, that start going through puberty – where these physiological changes start giving them that advantage, right. uh, you know, bone density, muscle mass, uh, uh, lung capacity. So there are there are in, inherent physiological advantages. My concern has always been that are you negatively in, incentivizing? In other words, you're inducing kids to start taking the puberty blockers earlier because they don't want to get the advantages. Mm-hmm. But this th- this would short circuit that. Well, Riley Gaines, uh, which is because she's a national story now because she was an All-American swimmer at Kentucky, really feels cheated by all of this. Last year, she had to swim against a transgender, uh, Leah Thomas, uh, and uh, Leah Thomas, who <laughs> was a boy who only transitioned to being a girl in college. I mean, he won the uh, NCAA swimming championship and a lot of these girls who've been swimming their whole lives were just like, this is not fair. You have brought a boy in on us here at the last minute. In fact, what's interesting, uh, and, and uh, Riley Gaines spoke today, one of the things she said was, look, here's a guy who didn't even transition to be a woman until he was in college because his swimming career with other guys in college wasn't going that well. This was a biological male who went from ranking 462nd at best among the men the year prior to now dominating amongst the women. And she just says, that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, and that's, this is, and Leah Thomas, this is the famous case. Also, Riley Gaines, uh, we talked about this, I guess, a week ago. She went to uh, San Francisco State University and was assaulted yep. while while there speaking about this topic mm-hmm. by a mob of transgender activists. And mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is, you know, this is a problem. And, and girls who have participated in w- girls' sports see this as an encroachment on their opportunities. And so you've got this this balance. You've got conflicting rights at play. Yeah. The other thing that Gaines was very strong on today, which I thought you'd like to hear, is, is, is an interesting soundbite. She says, there's this whole embarrassing issue of having dealt with this transgender in the locker room. And I can wholeheartedly attest to the extreme discomfort in the locker room when you turn around, there's a six foot four, 22 year old biological male fully equipped with an exposing male genitalia in an area where you're undressing. Yeah, so clearly his transition had just been, okay, I think I'll be a girl, and he's taken some hormones, and then he starts swimming on girls' teams. Mm-hmm. And the argument is that's not fair. And so this bill uh, that's written here in North Carolina would say, no, if you transition, that's fine, but you're not going to play on girls' sports teams from middle school, high school, all the way to college in North Carolina. You're leaving out that he grew his hair long. That's true. He did grow his hair. But that gets tucked up into the cap. That's right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Right. So that was the other component, which I'm old enough to remember during the debate over HB2 um, when people were mocked. Uh, because there was a concern that this very scenario would unfold. And here we have it unfolding. Well, and they also had Peyton McNabb uh, there to testify today. She's she's a senior in high school, and uh, she made news here in North Carolina because she was playing on a volleyball team last year, uh, a girls' volleyball team. This was out in Western North Carolina. This was in Western North Carolina. But on the team she was playing against was a boy who had just recently transitioned. Big, big boy. He spiked the ball right into her face, gave her a concussion, broke her nose. She's still suffering side effects from that. She testified as well today, saying, look, this is just not fair because these boys are still bigger and stronger than we are. And that's sort of the premise of the bill that the Republican lawmakers were saying is it's just biologically not fair. There was a question. I think there were only about two questions that actually came from the reporter uh, core, uh, the Capitol Press Corps, which I, I, I am I am just perpetually disappointed um, <laughs> in the questions that they ask or, or, or the lack of curiosity that they have about certain positions. But um, there was a question that induced an answer. And to me, this has always been the answer, which is some sort of separate co-ed slash transgender leagues. There isn't any other way to get around this mm-hmm. because you have, as I said, conflicting rights. And if, you know, your little girl is playing sports and you don't want her competing against boys that are going to be stronger and could hurt her. Right. I'm not saying, and, and there was somebody else, I think, that said, well, you know, anybody can get hurt in these, you know, in competition, right? Well, yes, anybody can be hurt in competition, but the chances of you getting hurt more seriously if you are a girl and you're you get into a smash up with a with a guy, yeah, it, it's it's has greater potential to mm-hmm. be far worse. And so that to me has always been the answer. Um, and then of course you're going to get pushback. Oh, that's separate but equal. But look, if people want to play in the co-ed trans league and that becomes the more popular place to play, then so be it. I would think. It's interesting, a number of Democrats, of course, the other side on this is what they're saying is you're being unfair to trans kids. Trans kids have more likelihood to commit suicide. Therefore, you're further ostracizing them. But a number of Democrats also kept saying today, well, this isn't a problem because there's only a handful of kids. Yeah, They say 15 in the state. In the state that want to play 
and so they're saying it's not an issue. But uh, Peyton McNabb says, well, it is an issue because it only takes one to hurt you. Right. Well, it took one in her case. That's right. right. It took one swimmer in Riley Gaines's case. Right. And so if it's going to take one in tennis, right, if they're a singles tennis player, it's going to take one in track. But here's the other thing is that when we first started having these discussions, the first encounter that I had with it was HB2. Right. And there was a crash course that I had to take in this whole issue and access and public accommodation law and everything else. And HB2, remember, was a reaction to Charlotte. Right. right? What Charlotte did. Well, at that time, when people then started talking about when the NBA was like, we're not coming there, and people made the point, well, are you getting rid of the WNBA, right? So this que- this question of sports was always attached to the HB2 issue. And I remember at the time when it came up with the high school level sports, people said, oh, well, it's only a one or two. This, uh, this isn't even an issue. It's only one or two. Well, now it's 15. That's right. And if you've got more trans kids now than we had 10 years ago, do we expect that number to keep growing? So it has to be addressed. Especially when you consider like the Charlotte Mecklenburg schools is encouraging transgender changes, even in young kids, because they're they're agreeing that uh, they will keep secret from moms and dads a kid's desire to transition if the kid doesn't want to tell mom and dad. So so there's a lot of pressure even in the schools for this to happen. So I think to, to your point, yes, if we've got 15 now, might we have 30 next year or, or, or yeah, the, the number will grow, no right. question. Right, and if you want your kids to play on the co-ed teams to be all-inclusive and to virtue signal to every other parent in your community that you are morally and ethically superior to them by letting your child play in these leagues, go for it. That's me, not Mark. That's me editorializing. <laughs> but look, really, if you want your kid to do it and, and your kid wants to do it, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. But if, you, if you've got other kids that are worried, because, you know, the other thing is what of the, what of the kids, like I remember the story was out of Texas, there was a wrestler who was – was transitioning and they did not want to uh, wrestle against the girls because they were on the puberty blockers, but also on the hormones. Mm -hmm. And that if they kept wrestling with their biological sex, they would hurt those other kids because it was a transitioning girl to boy and the, and the girl, and they were like, I'm on, I'm on steroids or testosterone. I need to be with the boys and wrestling them. Yeah, so like it opens up all of these questions on it's fairness. Confusing issue, yeah. Right, so why not just do co-ed and let everybody join that league that doesn't fit in the boys or girls only? Mm-hmm. All right, so you're going to go in depth on all of this. What else you At got? At six oh five, we'll talk, and we actually are set to do an interview with uh, with Riley Gaines. Looking forward to talking to her. Yeah, awesome. All right, Mark Garrison, WBT's news director. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you're welcome. It. All right, he's on at six right here on WBT. I do have audio. That I was, I, I rolled tape on the uh, on the press conference that the lawmakers had. So I do have this audio. We'll see how it uh, see how it plays here because I'm running it right out of the audio recorder. This is the introduction of the bill, and um, well, that seems like a very lengthy cut. So let me jump ahead to this one because this one's shorter. This one is two minutes. Yes, that that'll work fine. Twenty six two. No, that won't actually. That's too long as well. Okay. Well, we'll just start it then. We'll start the first one. Here is the introduction of the, the bill and uh, Riley Gaines as well. Give it a shot here. Let's see what happens. Why wouldn't that play through the speaker? Oh. Because it's this program. All right. I'm going to have to do it during the break. I'll have to put it onto the laptop during the break because the, uh, the audio editor 
if you record it when it's opened as the speaker audio, then that's the way it plays back versus the headset. So when I plug the line in for the headset, I know I'm going deep into the rabbit hole. But anyway, that's how I uh, that's how I recorded it. I'll fix it during the break. Sorry about that. So I'll give you some of the details. Here is WSOC TV, but it's not really them. It's the Associated Press. All right. Um, Transgender girls would be prohibited from participating in sports that correspond with their gender identity under a bill that advanced Tuesday in the North Carolina Senate. All right. Note the framing of this sentence. Transgender girls are prohibited. Right. So there's a negative attached to the identification of these individuals by the terms they prefer. Right. So you you start off by labeling them transgender girls. They are boys. Right. They are biological boys. And they're being stopped, blocked. This is the attack. Right. The attack on transgender people. But this is this is simply saying that. Biological girls play with the biological girls, biological boys with biological boys or co-ed. Those are going to be the designations. But. They say that they're going to be prohibited from participating in sports that correspond with their gender identity. It's all written in this negative fashion. It's a negative type of framing. And this, by the way, is also the framing that is advanced by not just the LGBTQ activists, but also by the Democrats. Right. The left advances this framing. And this is the framing that gets amplified in the media. And they never stop to consider this. They never stop to think. Should we be framing it like this? Is there a more neutral way to frame it? I'm not even asking that you frame it in the way that the proponents are are framing it. But there is a neutral way to do it. But it's just another example of how it's always framed and the narratives are always set by one side. Always. Unless it's about, you know, stealing elections and Dominion voting systems. Okay. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustan Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at CarolinaReadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I will get to the audio from the press conference first. (laughs) Bernie Bowles, that's who's laughing there on the microphone. Bernie is, uh, if you ever call into the program, you're going to talk to Bernie. He's also Mm -hmm. the reason why the podcast gets posted every day. Um, You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) I'm not sure I should be. Thank you. But yes, thank you. Definitely. Um, so uh, I want to talk with Bernie real quick because he's uh, he's coming in for a landing. What do I mean by that? Well, Bernie signed up with the Ph.D. weight loss and nutrition program. And so now you're about ready to be done with it. Yeah, about four more weeks. They told me I should be in maintenance phase, which is really exciting. Uh, but the, the past you sound m- very excited. Oh, it's super exciting. Okay, All right. Yeah. Yeah. They get to add stuff back into my diet little by little, which is going to be interesting mm-hmm. to find out what else I can eat. Um, but but it's been great. I think the hardest part has been the last month, just kind of trying to figure out how I can get to that ending point. Um, getting started, like you, we had talked about in the commercial break, wasn't the hardest part. It's kind of mentally preparing yourself for, okay, 
here's what it's going to look like after I get in the maintenance phase. Don't even think about that. Exactly. Don't even think about it. I, I kept telling them because they kept saying, oh, are you excited? I kept saying, eyes on the prize. Like, I'm not even thinking about maintenance. I don't want to know anything about it until I get there. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Don't ask anything. Don't tell. Oh, they haven't told me anything no, I'm kidding. yet. But just, yeah, don't ask, don't tell. Just be like, I'm going to get there. When I get there, then we'll go over what it is. So there's no point in being anxious about what's over that horizon at this at this point. And you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm so excited. All right, so that's excited. a PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, obviously the official partner of the Clemson Tigers. Go check them out, myphdweightloss.com, and take your first step today. All right, I have the audio. Let me get to this audio. This is, oh, first, actually, I have an email from Bill in Mooresville who says, uh, how is it that we are mandated to recognize non-binary when it comes to the science, don't you mean the Fauci, the Fauci of biological sex, right? Yeah, how come we are mandated to recognize non-binary, yet the only choice in sports is binary? That's true. Please explain, Bill says. I cannot, Bill. I cannot. All right, let's take a listen. Here's the audio from the press conference that uh, the General Assembly, well, the uh, State Senate Republicans had featuring uh, Riley Gaines. Thank you all for being here today. My name is Representative Jennifer Balcom. I'm one of the primary sponsors of the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, um, HB 574. I want to say just before we get started that this, this bill is very important. It talks about how we are being fair in women's sports, and that because girl athletes are important and they deserve safe opportunity and rights to compete in a level playing field. With that, I'm going to start with our guest to be able to talk. First off, I'd like to introduce Riley Gaines. She is in stand, she is the Stand with Women spokeswoman for Independent Women's Forum, and is and it's a C4 sister organization for Independent Women's Voice. She is. A recent graduate from University of Kentucky, where she was a 12-time All-American swimmer at the 2022 NCAA Division I Women's Swimming and Diving Champion, Riley was forced to compete against a biological male swimmer. Riley, would you like to say? Of course. Thank you. A little bit of background about myself and really how I got here, why I'm in front of you guys. Um, I started swimming when I was four. I'm 22 now, so I've dedicated 18 years of my life to my sport. Um, of course, this means in middle school and high school, you're practicing before school, you go to school, straight after school, you go back to practice for a couple hours, you eat your dinner, do your homework, ice your shoulder, go to bed, do it all again the next day. Same thing at the collegiate level. We're practicing six hours a day, three of those hours being before 8 a.m. Um, so it's impossible to put into words the amount of time, the sacrifices, both social, physical, emotional, um, that you put into your sport. That being said, my senior year last year at the University of Kentucky, um, I had made it my goal to win a national championship, indicating becoming the fastest female in the country in my event. About midway through my senior season, um, I was on track to do that. But the person who was leading the nation was a swimmer I'd never heard of before. This was, of course, the first time I became aware of a swimmer named Leah Thomas, but there was a lot of red flags. This person came out of nowhere their senior year. They were leading the nation by multiple seconds. Um, they were ranked at the top in everything, every freestyle event from the 100 freestyle to the mile, which is a sprint. The, of course, the 100 is a sprint. The mile is long distance. And so think of your Olympic runners, your best 200-meter runners, not your best mile or your best marathon runner. But that's what we were seeing. A few days after these nation-leading times were posted, an article was posted 
disclosing that Leah Thomas was formerly Will Thomas and swam three years on the men's side at University of Pennsylvania before transitioning to the women's team and, again, dominating the field. Um, I, of course, read this and I was shocked, but truthfully I felt a bit of relief because I was able to look up who Will Thomas was. I was curious, was this a lateral movement to which... That answer was no, this was not a lateral movement. This was a biological male who went from ranking 462nd at best among the men um, the year prior to now again dominating amongst the women. The NCAA, they saw nothing wrong with that, though. Um, Our national championships last March, I got to personally witness and feel the effect this infringement had on not just myself but my teammates, my competitors, um, all D1 swimmers at that meet. Um, It's impossible to speak for everyone, and I don't claim to speak for every single girl, but I can wholeheartedly attest to the tears I saw from 9th and 17th place finishers who missed out on being named an All-American by one place. And I can wholeheartedly attest to the extreme discomfort in the locker room when you turn around, there's a 6'4", 22-year-old biological male fully equipped with and exposing male genitalia in an area where you're undressing. And I can wholeheartedly attest to the talks and whispers and grumbles of anger and frustration from these girls who, just like myself, had dedicated their entire lives to get to that point. And I can wholeheartedly attest to um, the silencing and the suppression of voices that's being being put in place by these universities' administrations. Um, That first day of competition, we watched Leah Thomas swim to a national title beating out Olympians, beating out American record holders, the most impressive female swimmers this country's ever seen, again by seconds, which in swimming, seconds is a lot. This is a sport that's measured down to the hundredth of a second, so to have someone trailing by that many seconds is an anomaly, to say the least. The next day of competition was a 200 freestyle where Leah Thomas and I raced, and almost impossibly enough, it resulted in a tie. Um, We went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, and upon tying... We go behind the awards podium where the NCAA official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, great job, you guys tied, but we don't really account for ties. So Leah takes the trophy home. Riley, you go home empty-handed. And when I question this, I, I of course, ask, you know, why? I understand we tied. I understand there's one trophy, but why are you adamant on giving this trophy to Thomas? He looked at me and said, well, Leah has to hold the trophy for photo purposes. You can pose with this one, but you'll go home empty-handed. And that's what has thrusted me into this position. Um, I knew the unfair competition was wrong. I knew the locker room um, scene was wrong. But when they had reduced everything that I had worked my entire life for down to a photo op to validate the feelings and the identity of a male, that's when I had had enough. Um, And so what I've been doing this past year is exactly this, traveling state to state, testifying um, in support of these fairness and women's sports bills. That's why I'm grateful to be in North Carolina. I am so hopeful that they will do the right thing, the common sense thing. Um, I'm I'm honored to stand alongside these women who are so strong. Um, It's so powerful to have women who are at the forefront of this movement. And so I'm so grateful um, to these sponsors and co-sponsors. And again, I'm just really hopeful and I appreciate you guys being here and listening. Um, So thank you guys. All right. So there is Riley Gaines today uh, at the Capitol. All right. Now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will 
consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Because I have this other clip I want to play. This is from today's news conference where uh, the state lawmakers, Republican female lawmakers, they unveiled this this, uh, new iteration of a previous bill uh, which would limit uh, sports, athletics, right, girls' sports in the schools to biological girls. And, of course, this is framed as an attack on transgender kids, an attack on LGBTQ people in general and all of this. Uh, here was the second clip. My next guest is Peyton McNabb. Peyton is a high school female athlete from Murphy, North Carolina, my neck of the woods, who was injured from being forced to, to play against a biological male in volleyball. Peyton? Hi, uh, my name is Peyton McNabb. I'm a senior at Hawassee Dam High School in Murphy, North Carolina. Um, Due to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy allowing biological males to compete against biological females, my life has forever been changed. On September 1st, 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I'm still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season, and although I'm currently playing softball, I'm not able to perform as well as I know I have in the past because of the injury. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired, and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. I could go on and on about how this incident has affected my life, but I'm not here for that because I'm not here for me. Because for me, I know that my time playing is coming to an end. I'm here for every biological female athlete behind me, my little sister, my cousins, my teammates. Allowing biological males to compete against biological females is dangerous. I may be the first to come before you with an injury, but if this doesn't pass, I won't be the last. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy states that it allows participation in interscholastic athletics for all students, regardless of gender or gender identification. It is the intent that all students are able to compete on a level playing field in a safe, competitive, and friendly environment, free of discrimination. Clearly, that does not include biological female athletes. My ability to compete was taken from me. Having to play against biological males is not a level level playing field and is most definitely not safe. Um, That is why this bill is so important and just to keep everybody safe. Thank you for allowing me to come and speak on this matter. I pray you do the right thing. Thank you. All right. So the state superintendent of public instruction, Catherine Truitt, a Republican, um, she pointed out that uh, there's an inherent disadvantage here and that biological males can take away scholarship opportunities. Here's how the Associated Press reports it. Could take away scholarship opportunities or spots on a team that Truitt argued should be reserved for cisgender girls. That is not true. Truett did not argue for cisgender girls. She didn't say that. 
This is the adoption of the language of the left. And whoever controls the language controls the argument. They control the debate. This cisgender stuff has got to stop. This, right, that there are girls, there are boys, that's binary. Even your adoption of the term non-binary admits that it is binary. So the kids that are going through these, these, uh, these troubles right now, like, this, uh, like Peyton just uh, described, she's not going to be the last. How could she? And by the way, what would be the point of Title IX to begin with? The whole creation of girls' sports. What was that about? Do we just reject that now? Y'all are hell-bent on doing this. Just do co-ed leagues, co-ed divisions. That's it. That's the only answer when you got conflicted rights like this. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.